Nick is here. I am. Sweet. That's good. Justin, are you here? I am as well. I got some bad news. Um, Jesse, I just couldn't get over the whole compass thing, so had to kick him from the show. He's not with us anymore. To the curb. To the curb. Jesse's to the curb. Finally, dude. I was waiting for I just, that. I know. The, he, what a, the kid is such a punk. You know what I mean? I mean, I just don't, he's so ungrateful and just, I just. Wasn't cutting it. Just, Always got a snide remark. Yeah. About how he flies better. I'm an engineering too. student. <laughs> you know. He, he talked too much too. Wait, he did talk too much. Oh man. Couldn't shut that guy. You know what? You guys you don't. You think Nick's a mute. And, and here's the thing. You guys <laughs> think that he, you know, you didn't hear very much. Well, that's because I've got the power of the edit button. Right. <laughs> and, and I just, I had to, I had to thin. What he was saying out because it was just so dominating, and uh, sorry to sorry to say it, but Jesse's not going to be with us. Just this Friday, he's gone this week. He's uh, doing some kind of event. He's building something, and for he and his classmates school for school. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't really know where his priorities are, which is I'm not going to lie, it's a bit disappointing to me, dude. <laughs> Those guys make some pretty wicked Play-Doh sculptures. Don't knock them. <laughs> that community college that he's going to engineering school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's the, finger it's the painting finals. design. <laughs> the keychain On some finals. construction paper. He got some star stickers this week for putting in a little extra time on his project that he's doing for his engineering mm-hmm. class. Yep. So Jesse's actually at a competition this week. That's where he's at. We haven't actually kicked him from the show. I'd never do that. Well, because he keeps... You know, he keeps sending me the check every week, so I'm obligated to keep him around. But anyway, he's he's away. Good luck, dude. Have fun with your uh, competition. Hope it goes well. And uh, we won't really miss you this week. God, we're really begging on him tonight. We well, dude. I mean, that's that's sort of the position he assumes when he takes a night off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, if you're not here to defend yourself, you're going to get slammed. Oh, poor kid. That's just how it goes. That's just the way it is. So anyway, what's been going on this week, guys? Anything new and exciting? I, Dude, I have all sorts of exciting news. <laughs> I was going to ask you, dude. So uh, tell us, uh, how's, the, uh, how's the the whiplash coming along? How's that? So yeah, dude, <laughs> I beat Jesse. You did? I beat Jesse. You did beat Jesse. I got that helicopter flying last weekend. Yep. And I beat him not only in flying it first, but also crashing it first. <laughs> that is funny. 
<laughs> oh man, I was so bummed out about this one. This he was. was just stupid. And I got to tell you guys, he he was he had to talk. He had to get it out. He had to. So he he tries to call Nick, and Nick must have been flying. And then he texts me, and he goes, "I just had to tell somebody what's going on." So he texts me. He's like, "Well, I put it in, man. It's crashed." And then, yeah, so, and then I called Dan on the phone, and he's like, he's trying to play Final Fantasy. Oh, that's right, you I called mean, me, that's what he, it was. He's being a good friend and, and doing sort of like the obligatory, oh, dude, But I'm totally sucks, concentrating man. on this and monster I'm totally trying to kill. he's totally trying to make sure that his character doesn't die <laughs> um, while, while he's paying attention to me. <laughs> that's right, that's what it was. I yep. forgot about that. Yeah, I was playing, uh, I was, I don't remember what I was doing, but I... You know, yeah, you can't I just when a guy calls you and tells you I crashed the hell. You can't just you can't just pretend like you don't give a shit, right? No, I I appreciate the courtesy sympathy. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. So tell us what happened. How how'd you how'd you put it? It in? was my third flight. I got the thing up and running. Everything was working. Just getting the engine tuned a little bit. You know, I um I started out with the needle settings that uh, Nick had suggested because it's the same engine that you and him have been running. So uh started a little richer than that and started tuning it in. And third flight, I'm in just sort of a lazy backwards inverted hurricane. And out of nowhere, the heli sort of shudders um, or wiggles a little bit. And I hear a buzzing noise. And then I go to pop it over to upright and uh, throttle hold and land. And it just eats itself Ooh. and falls the sort of the remaining 15 or 20 feet to the ground. And I think the only thing I can come up with is that I lost a headlink yeah. and boom struck it because when I got there, the boom was boom had been hit by the blades and I did not have either of my two uh, uh, main grip links. So I, you know, I replaced those plastic links. They were brand new. They were sized correctly, everything. So I, I don't know what the issue is, but it sucked. It was a, it was definitely a downer for me. Yeah. Because I busted ass to get that thing ready to go. Uh, just so that I could beat Jesse. And, <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so you got... I, I saw you in the other... And just recently... Um, of course, this happened uh, last weekend. So it was yeah. after we'd recorded last week's yep. show. And since then, I saw you texted all of us with a picture of a bunch of replacement parts. Oh, yeah, dude, I've already got... So, actually, it ended up not being all that bad of a crash. It was just the standard stuff, blades and tail components. So, I placed an order, got all my parts in, and it'll be... Uh, I haven't actually started rebuilding <laughs> it, but it'll be ready this weekend. That's what I was fishing for, man. I threw the lure. Hey, come I on. I made sure it had all the right bait on it. build the torque tube and stick the boom back on so there. So, that's, that's a month at least. Eh, Two weeks. Two, Two weeks. weeks. Two no, it, it'll be ready this weekend. Unfortunately, I don't think the weather's going to be ready this weekend. Do you guys realize we are only a month away from Othello? I know. Yeah, dude. And I keep having these issues. It's freaking me out. <laughs> I'm you literally going to show up at Othello, and, and I might not even be able to do like a 45-degree side-in hover. You're going to do what Nick did last year, and you're going you're gonna to put it in on the first flight. Yep. Just get it over with and do it. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. That's spectacular. Just you can't get, teach that, though. Just do it. Just get it over with. I mean, 
you know, we call you no fly and there'll be a reason because you'll have crashed all your helis the first flight. So if I kind of, yeah, if I kind of just, you know, take off and then pitch pump it into the ground exactly. on the first flight, is yeah. that going to kind of clear the air? Check the, the response air? on this thing. Whack. Oh, Gosh. So check out that. Check out these pitch pumps, man. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Smack. <laughs> yep. I want to see it hit two, three times before it stops. Smack it the first time, break the skids, pop it back up, smack it the second time. Yeah. And probably do in the, the tail blades, and then that'll be the <laughs> yeah, end. Yeah, but wait a minute. That sounds like just a normal auto for you. Oh, that's oh, right. That jackhammer. Oh, oh, I've almost dude, forgot about oh, the jackhammer. Oh, that I've seen you do that all in one auto. <laughs> oh, sorry. Man. Oh, boy. So that's, uh, that's rough, dude. Thanks. This is coming from the guy who hasn't flown anything. Oh, dude, your so, turn's yeah, ne- you, your, your yeah, next. You dude. haven't flown in how long? Yeah. I don't know. So anything else going on, Justin? No. no that, that that was my exciting so week. We I got to fly briefly. I I felt the <laughs> the um you know the 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 taste of victory. Yeah. And then agony of defeat. Oh no, wait yeah. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's more to the story though. Oh really? Yes, that you forget. Okay. So Go ahead. How many helis did you bring out to the field with you? Oh, dude, you're gonna do this. Yep. I don't know about this. So go ahead. I brought proceed. two helis. Okay. I brought how many, my Whiplash many Nitro and my Whiplash Gasser. Okay. How many 90-size helicopters do you own? I own three. Okay. When you crashed, you crashed your blades, correct? Your main blades? I did. I <laughs> lost my main blades. How many other sets of main blades do you own? Did you own? At the time, I did not own any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which was you're right, dude. No, I mean this was this is I'm I'm all about exposing myself in this regard because it was absolutely stupid. So and and here's the deal, like it had been raining all morning and I'm on my way to the field and it's hailing and I'm like screw this, I'm going to keep going. I will sit in the middle of the field and wait for it to stop because I need to beat Jesse. So I get out there, the rain's tapering off. The clouds part. The sun comes out. I'm the only person at the field. Third flight, I drive it in. And then I turn around afterwards and notice that I still have my gasser there, but I don't have any any freaking main blades. So I couldn't even fly my gasser. That's what you get for playing Switch. Now, okay, now hold on. (laughs) But I just just sent a a text photo to you guys. Now how many sets of main Uh, blades do I have? You're back up to three. Yeah, so, right? That's good. Correct. I, I'm into conspiracy theories a little bit. Let me, let me pose this one. Now, you got to follow me because this okay. I, I'm just formulating this in my head as we go. So so there's a bet. Justin and, and Jesse have a bet. Yep. Okay. So I'm, first of all, do you have any video of you actually flying no. the Nitro? So you do give us a picture of a crashed heli. Yep. So in my conspiracy theory mind, I'm thinking... Did he actually fly it or did he just throw it up in the air so it would crash to get a picture of it broken so he could say he flew it? So that I could say I flew. <laughs> I'm that desperate to win that I'm seeking approval by <laughs> damaging my own helicopter and, and having to pay for it to get repaired. Just I'm just so giving you a taste of my twisted mind. How that's okay. No, no. I, I, I mean, I, that's a good idea, actually. I'll think of that next time. And 
I've actually got a few <laughs> emails. I know, not to we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show, and it has to do with last week's topic. But I did get an email <laughs> that, and this is what made me think of it: a conspiracy with that event that we talked about last week has been brought to my attention, and we'll be sure to talk about that. But before we do that, Nick, three weeks I, and no flights. I tried. What do you mean you tried? I don't get that. I I went to the field, so mine mine was all back together. I was waiting <laughs> for some parts, uh, all back together, ready to go. I I made a break for the field the other day, and got there, plugged everything in, double checked it. Because keep in mind, this is post uh, wiping out all my servos, right? So double checked, and I had even put a a different skookum on there, different receiver. So I'm just double checking everything. Plug it all in. You know, you hear the deet, 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 deet. And I'm like, okay, uh, why are you not arming? Hmm, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and then first thing that comes to mind, because this is the glories of, uh, of beta testing, is, oh, great, well, there's a glitch with the last firmware because this is the first flight on a recent firmware for the Skookum that we're testing. So I proceed to spend like an hour rolling back my firmware, <laughs> reprogramming every endpoint possible, and finally, okay, this is this is desperation. You, want, I unplugged it and plugged my throttle into my rudder channel. Yeah, just to to see if it's working. Thinking just to see that if you can okay, get it dude, to work. Here's the deal. All right, here's the deal. Plug it in, go full left rudder. If you hear it arm, don't let go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually playing this over in my head about how this could really turn out bad. (laughs) Um, Long story short, my ESC is bad. Huh. Yeah, I didn't catch it uh, originally because, you know, I mean, shoot, you plug it in, you hear beeps. You think, okay, well, it's good to go. Well, I guess when that BEC went out, it wiped out the throttle input portion of my speed controller. Ay, ay, ay. So it would not communicate with the castle link. It would not arm. I had actual no throttle there. That's the gift that just keeps on giving, no man. Kidding, Dude, man. And I decided to end that gift. Um, I was so pissed. I haven't been that mad. Um, that's, I think the first time that I've actually just been genuinely mad. I mean, if you want to talk about total cost, that Western Robotics BEC failing probably will set me all said and done. And and this is assuming they can fix, you know, like fix that. And I don't have to go buy a whole new one. I'll still be into it about 800 bucks. Something tells me that you don't, really want to be around when Nick gets mad. I was pissed. I just I just can sense the, the oh, negative I, I energy was, in the air when Nick gets upset. There was some I was really angry. I mean, it was it was <laughs> oh, bad. So man. I came home after I kind of calmed down. Um there's I mean, it's not the end of the world because of what I have coming here within, you know, over the course of this next month is going to be pretty busy uh, flying wise. And so I'm not too concerned. Uh, I decided to go ahead and do what I should have done originally, 
which for anyone who's listening, just do this. Do it. Uh, it sucks. It's not fun, but it's better in the long run. I pulled all of the rest of the electronics. So every piece of electronics that was on the helicopter when that happened, Ugh. they all got sent back. So my three cyclic servos, those things were creeping on two to 300 flights. Um, I had a lot of flights on those. The gears were sloppy. I mean, a set of BLS 451s, you can pick up really cheap now. And so it, they, those won't, weren't worth it uh, to fix. Uh, I did send the high-voltage Futaba tail servo in, back in, and I included my receiver with it. So those got sent back to Futaba. I sent the Castle back uh, to Castle to get repaired, and I actually sent the Skookum back up to them to get all checked out. Dude, that would just drive that does me bite. nuts. That does bite. So is it going to, I mean, that could potentially take a while. Uh, well, okay. In jumps the 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 man of the hour, <laughs> our good buddy Jesse, has saved the day on more than one count because of the the large. I know everybody seems to think that we get everything for free here, right? But, but it's uh, not the case. So all of a sudden, here I am with I've got to replace all of this stuff. Uh, it it did took a took a pretty big hit. I was just getting ready to buy um, a new field laptop. So that got put on hold so that I could get the servos that I needed to get the heli back in the air. So in comes Jesse with, hey, you know what? I've got a spare laptop. You can take that and you can borrow that just to, for what I need to do out of the field. I have to have a laptop. And he threw in the mail next day priority a spare Castle 120 that he had. Damn. Very yeah. nice. I mean, just that's. Man, friends, they're priceless. So I will be, tomorrow I have a class for work that I have to go to, but I will actually be back up in the air within two days after all of that happened. Jesse's good for something after all, isn't he? Yeah. We're going to we're gonna have to keep him around. Well, it's just, it's cool. I mean, it'll all get dealt with in the end, but like right. you said, it's just going to take time. So at least I can keep the ball rolling. Well, and you know... If, and that is one good thing too. And and I, a lot of people in the hobby have this experience. When you hang out with a regular group of people, when it comes right down to it, if you need something, and somebody else has got it and they're not using it, just set. You, I mean, more often than not, they'll just send it to you and take care of it down the line. You know, that is. Yep, I do that all the time. Yep. I mean, we've got stuff going back and forth all over the place. It doesn't at this point. It doesn't really even matter whose it is or whose it whose it was to begin with. Exactly. Yep. I mean, what's the point if you're not using it? Someone needs it. Absolutely. And and it in this case, like this was a perfect example. Even though this stuff is just you know on loan, basically, uh, it still doesn't matter because it gets me back flying. Absolutely, it's, it's great. That's Past that, dude, I've been simming. I've I stuck to it. Don't believe you. I, no, it's true. I put a post up so you can you could check the date. I have I have simmed every single night for an hour every night. Um, I didn't get an hour. Uh, I've been working on some t-shirts uh. for, for all of us. Uh, so w- they're they're coming, guys. We're gonna try and get like I got a sneak peek at one of them. You won't be disappointed. Oh yeah, it's it's no. looking good, and, and it's like you know. Yeah, it's like it's like watching a special person play with Legos. 
<laughs> me, me designing t-shirts is a very painstaking process. <laughs> but uh, they're getting better. So I did have a couple nights where I only got in a half hour. But it has been at least a half hour every night. Very mm-hmm. stringent timers, the whole back to the whole deal. Dude, so, I'm I'm really starting to feel bad now because all of you guys are simming. Yeah, so and you know I what? still can't do it. You should feel bad. You know why? Never attempted a right rudder pyro flip in my life until I started this. And it took two days and I can control and move in all directions a single right rudder pyro flip. Nice. Put it on a dime and I'm starting the doubles now. Very so nice. You should feel the heat. And the Pyro TikToks still look spectacular. <laughs> hey, I was <laughs> gonna say how that's how's that coming along? I can do one full rotation that resembles a Pyro TikTok. But that's then that it all goes to crap. That's it. So I, I had an experience today. I think I gained an understanding, a perspective from from another's viewpoint. And that would be I kinda know after tonight. What a tweaker feels like in a meth lab. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do tell. Wow, okay. I was surrounded by 16 glorious cases of cool power. 30% tonight. Oh, wow. (sighs) In the back of my mind, I'm like, I get it. I understand now what a tweaker (laughs) must feel like in a meth lab. I get it. Yeah. 64 gallons of cool power 30. I just wanted to take them all out of the boxes and, and like roll around Dude, and like put them down on the ground and roll around on them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just just like, just like randomly place them in different places around the house. With the labels sticking out so yep. you could just see them like line them up on the kitchen table. and couple like, on the front porch for oh, when you come in man. after a long day of flying. Dan's got a big circle of bottles of cool power in the middle of his living room with a chicken's foot and everything. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he's he's sitting on the shitter and he's got like a semicircle of cool power surrounding him. Just watching him. Yep. It was glorious. Dude, I got to ask, does that come in? Does it come like on a pallet? How do they deliver that to you? It does indeed come on a pallet. Glorious, big palette. It was, I just. Wrapped in that, like, you know, uh, the shrink, plastic, the cellophane, whatever stuff. it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. I'm telling you. I've, I felt refilled. You know, I was starting to get a little nervous, getting a little low on the nitro. Now, see, I would think that you would get called into Homeland Security because anytime someone that lives out in the middle of nowhere in Montana orders 64 <laughs> gallons of anything. Yeah, exactly. There ain't nothing good going to come of that. Let alone explosive or flammable stuff. <laughs> yeah. But you, you, dude, you got to admit, that's a pretty unique experience in the hobby. Like having something heli related delivered to you with a forklift. <laughs> I mean, I, I want that. Even if it's just a pallet with like one kit box stuck on it. Just Wrap someone deliver something on a forklift to me, uh, please. Most hobby shops don't even get to experience yeah, that. Exactly. When was the last time you walked into your local hobby shop and saw 64 gallons of any fuel? Yeah, said no one ever. 
I yeah, I don't know. I absolutely love that stuff, man. The sad part is you're going to have to place a second 16 case order after like our fun fly. I you know what? Just to get through the season. You're probably right. <laughs> so, um I do have some uh good news and it's uh, you know, I, this week I haven't got a lot of flying in and I, I think I flew Monday and you bastards didn't return my text. What's up with that, by the way? Which one? The what one text? where I was asking you about the problem I was having with the Beast X. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. And you and ignored it. I fully intended to <laughs> respond and then didn't. It's neither here nor there. But aside from that, I flew Monday. The weather was, eh, it's been crappy all week. But I've got some good news. Uh, I was on the phone with Fred from Morgan Fields. I really felt like I needed to talk to him because, um, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> they, I, I just can't help but wonder if finally they're going to go, who, who is this guy and why is he ordering so much fuel? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to, you know, really have a conversation with him. So after talking with him, I'm happy to say that Morgan Fuels has donated for our fun fly one case of cool power 30 percent and a handful of t-shirts wow very nice dude so i'm surprised i'm surprised they did that that's very generous of them considering the pillaging you've got going on (laughs) yeah you just bought like a quarter of their stock (laughs) and they're still willing to give us another case you know what they're probably muttering like at the meeting that you know they got their monday morning meeting they got (laughs) They're probably scouring the internet. They're like, all right, guys, here's the deal. I know what's going to happen. One of these days, 387 cases is going to pop up on the black market for sale. <laughs> the second that it happens, Dan's fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're no <laughs> longer on the team. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, uh, it was a good conversation. And I could, you know, he asked me and um, it, it kind of in, inspired me to, really think about this question and maybe it's something we can talk about at some point, but what is the future of nitro and RC helicopters? And I know that's a whole topic, but maybe we should tackle one of these days because, you know, he's, he's like, I just, he's like, we used to sell so much heli fuel. And of course they do fuel for everything. And Mm -hmm. the heli fuel is just a small portion of what they do. I don't know if you guys have noticed recently, but I'm starting to see, threads and about yeah so i decided to give a nitro a try and i gotta tell you i loved it and i would love to see more of that i don't think that in my opinion i think it's dropped off to the point where it's gonna drop off at yeah it'll probably stay pretty level here because you know all the big brands keep bringing out nitro helis yeah i actually got a let me um larry k the uh web guru guy mm-hmm. he sent me a after in regards to last week's episode here it is so Larry tells me he was listening to last week's show this was uh, probably Tuesday or Wednesday he sent this to me and he's all electric uh, as a lot of guys are and uh, you know he, he brings up some uh, points that you hear quite often when it comes to the nitro stuff and uh, you know, long-term cost of fuel versus lipos, transporting and storage of fuel. It's a pain cleaning up at the end of the day. Tuning seems like a huge pain. Engine break-in would drive me nuts. 
It seems like everyone's clutches or bearings are always going bad. Quality pipes are freaking expensive. Motors seem like a huge pain in a huge pain to work and or remove when needed. He said, that being said, I love the sound of the, the sound and smell of nitros. If you can convince me of those points, I'd be open to getting a nitro. I don't know. <laughs> That's going to be a tough sell. Uphill <laughs> battle for you sure. You can't go number of points. You have to go quality of points. Yeah, that's true. That's the thing. Because, like, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about it before, but you get a you get a nitro heli down on the deck in the dusk, you know, of the evening, and the air's heavy, yeah. it's getting a little yep. damp, and the smoke just hangs, hangs right there. on the field. Yes. And all you can hear is you can hear that thing working with everything that it's got, and then you get a pilot like, you know, like Tim Jones or someone that's got just exceptional collective management, and you hear it, it's like it's like an orchestra. I mean, it sounds really corny, but it is. You can hear that. You can actually hear collective management. Yeah, and and you can't. I mean, dude, that Larry only touched on. Uh, just the tip of the iceberg of it, the screws falling out, the, you know, the black goo of death from everything coming loose, the, you know, the tuning, the, the clutches and the ex- exploding everything's that come along with nitro. Yes. All of that. Yeah. There's a huge list that's horrible, but once you experience that and you're in control of it, uh, you kind of almost just can't, you can't compare that to anything. It's, it, that's exactly right. It's just the, the essence of nitro and, and it's just something you either really can appreciate or you're just not into. And and that's fine. Either, you know. Well, it's, and, it's and let's be honest here. I mean, all different, all of the power systems out there, the options that are available have their own issues. Oh, Plain yeah. and simple. I mean, that's that's the standard argument as well. You know, it's a pain to tune. It's a lot of maintenance. Yeah, okay, fair. But there are a number of things on electric or on gasser that are a pain in the butt. Yeah, too. see, like there's things about electric that I just don't care for that, you know, you guys that do electric just don't even consider. Like I, the idea of maintaining batteries and uh, dealing with the charging and the balance. Sure, yeah. I find Have, that Having this tedious. huge, enormous charging system with a generator out at the field. When with a nitro or a gasser, you throw a gallon of fuel in the car and go fly. Yeah. And it, it doesn't mean that one's better than the other, obviously, but it just it's just your experience. So mm-hmm. yeah. I would encourage everybody to try a nitro because it's just absolutely, as you all know, that's where it's at for me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't plan on it being your main heli to fly, um, because unless you're Dan, it gets extremely expensive. Yeah. That that is there's there's no question. Absolutely, but I I think it's got its place. I mean, you know, if I'm gonna go out, I, I do. St- I fly probably three to f- probably three electric flights to every one nitro flight, possibly even four. But if I'm gonna go work on autos, and, and even all, I mean, my electrics have auto bailout in them. But if I'm going to go work on Ardos, I grab the Nitro because you just can't beat it. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, it, it's a visible fuel gauge. Um, once it gets toward the end of the evening, eh, electric goes away. Nitro comes out, you know. I, I don't know. Uh, 
we digress. <laughs> we do. I think. Yeah. I think we might need to do some news. I think it's about that time. I do. do some news. This is Pinion for HeliPros.com. You know, sometimes Pinion is out practicing his low-altitude crop circles, or maybe even some low-altitude smack with a little 3D thrown in for good measure, or maybe even an epic skid bump, and things go awry, and I break a part or two on my precious heli. That is when I need HeliPros.com to come through for me, because not only do they have great prices, but they have the parts in stock and can deliver them quickly so that I can get back in the air as quickly as possible. And for this, Pinion is eternally grateful. Remember, my friends, HeliPros fly hard because HeliPros has the parts. Yes. Alrighty, guys. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Give me the news, Nick. All right, man. So after the unveiling of the Gowie X4 second version um with with a date of you know like april 29th i do believe that it was yep on april 29th they're also going to unveil something else oh so yeah and i don't know they didn't say it's another one of those who wonder what it could be and it's just got a big x yep with a question mark is it bad that I just don't really care? <laughs> well, I, just, I mean, I think they lost a little momentum with the with the X four too. Yeah, if this turns out, so I'm I, since we do this anyway, I'm going to go ahead and start out with with the predictions. I I think this is probably going to be a Nitro seven hundred. That's my guess. I said it last time. I'll probably be wrong again. Well, eventually, if you keep saying it. Uh, yeah, you'll be right. right eventually. You're right. Yeah, it's like a broken clock. <laughs> um, but here's the deal. I I'm with you on that, Nick. If if it is, and again, we're all you know, this is all hypothetical. If it's if it's the NX7, don't you think it would have made more sense for them to release that first and then do the four? Well, maybe maybe they decided to slide the the lackluster four in between the two bigger more popular ones yeah i guess i could see it both ways maybe the it's something just was, completely out of out of nowhere i i really like the nx4 uh not so much for the actual helicopter but it was a it was a big like statement for nitro yes that, oh yeah mm-hmm. when done properly we can bring it back yep. yeah and i i really do believe they they opened the eyes. They caught people's attention with Nitro. Yeah. Um, and I think that's fantastic. So, you know, could could they do it again? Um, I got to tell you, if, if if it's a Nitro 7, uh, 700, I will be interested. Oh, if, it's a, if they do an NX7, that could potentially be huge. Okay, what if they do an NX5? Uh, it would have to have a 90 class motor in it to make it any... Because, I mean, ooh, another 50 size nitro, dude. Yeah. The least popular... No, 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 mm. no. No, not a, not an NX6. An oh, NX5. I 
It swings it's like 500 millimeter cents. blades or 550. You know? That could I be don't, interesting. I mean, you know, they, could they be, went but, there with the NX4. No, they did. You're absolutely right. I guess I hadn't even thought of that. But, you know, that it would be, God. That doesn't excite I think, me as much. I think you might actually be right. Yeah, but Dan, how cool would it be for all those people that want to still have those old OS 50s and OS 55s? Yes, that's around. true. That's the key. It revitalizes that 50 nitro like components market because now your crappy little OS 50 would just be amazing in a 550 class heli. That's a good point. And it allows people to get into nitro on a much lower budget. Yeah. Interesting. I personally think you'd get a lot more bang for the buck out of a an NX5 than you would an NX4 myself. I uh, You think so? Be- yep. Just because of the sheer size of the disc. Because of how they fly. Yeah. Man. Yeah. No, I agree that does make sense. 550s I mean that's a good that's a good size flying heli. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Icon has announced that they are looking for team pilots. Um, it looks like they're going to try and expand and actually create a team for this year. So if you are interested, maybe you've been flying them, super happy with it, want to join the team, uh, shoot them an email at team at iconflybarless.com as well as Epic. Epic heli. Wait. Epic helis. <laughs> like uh, Epic is looking for team pilots as well. Um, so let's see. So contact them at www.epichelis.com or on Facebook. And talk to Dex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not even going there. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. Uh, speaking of Icon, they have a new software update out version 1.1.005 that's now released they added a fixed tail gain compatibility with Gropner SJ and the HOTT protocol uh, compatibility with multiplex SRXL protocol uh, some PPM receivers uh, compatibility with SBUS 2 receivers uh, man, they did, let's see, remove spool-up timeout, added bailout timer, ramp, and enabled switches for auto-rotation bailout, which is cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Just, yeah, some other added German translation, some other small bug fixes. Uh, they seem to be keeping up, and uh, one thing I like uh, personally is I like to see these flybarless units that come that stay active with their updates and don't go silent for a long time. Uh, we saw, you know, nobody said the icon was perfect, but it was a a good flying unit, and I I like that they're updating it and and trying to keep people uh, to retain and fix issues quickly. I think that's where Futaba went wrong, and, and you know ended up you know losing losing people because of it. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to stay competitive to to continually try to improve. I mean, where have we heard anything from BeastX in the last year and a half? No, no, and, and exactly. that one really blows my mind. Honestly, I thought with all the crazy stuff going on with all these other units, we would we would see something coming out of Beast X. Exactly, because I there was some definite holes that could have been fixed with the current hardware that was in there. You know, there there was they didn't have to like completely make a new unit to fix some of the issues that they had. Right, but they were very unreceptive to you know hey 
Can can you make the tail not whip, please? Oh, man. Thousands of people saying that, and they just kind of ignored it. And you know what I think happened? I think it was when they did that whole Spectrum thing. Yeah. They probably got a buttload out of that, and were like, eh. Let's, let's cruise for a while. Let's go to yeah. Jamaica. Let's go to Jamaica, man. <laughs> Jamaica, man. <laughs> uh, so big congratulations to Kyle Dahl. He's the, the, you know, the main U.S. team pilot for Mikado. He's been there since 2008. Uh, he recently graduated, and now he has become a full-time employee of Mikado. I saw the picture. He's all business suited yeah, up. All business. It's all business, boy. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's really neat. Yeah, you know, um, uh, hopefully he keeps up with you know some other stuff. But uh, it, it, boy, no one deserves it more than he does. Yeah. That's for sure. He's put in his time. I suppose so. High tech, dude. Do you remember them? A little bit. I see a yeah. lot of the plankers using that stuff. Well, they have. I, I don't get this because when I got into the hobby. HS 65s, baby. Everyone was flying HS 65s in their 450s. Mm-hmm. That was where it was at. Mm-hmm. You weren't cool unless you had HS 65s in there. Yeah, they never quite made it, though, into the, the minis and the standards so- no. size servos. And I never understood that. I don't get it either. And I, you know, I, I've also heard their Aurora 9, other than the latency issue, is a really powerful, awesome radio. Mm hmm. Yep. So out of nowhere, um, I don't even know if, seriously, I don't know if they have any competitive cyclic servos to go along with this, but they did re- uh, release, or they're introducing, the HSG 8315BH, uh, high-voltage helicopter tail servo. So, I mean, bam, out of nowhere. Yeah. It, yeah, it's kind of a hybrid of uh, carbonite and aluminum gears, cordless motor, very low dead band. The speed is awesome. 7.4 volts, 0.04. I mean, great. This is fantastic. I I hope they come out with something to to complement it, like maybe the rest of the set. (laughs) Hopefully they're making a comeback. Align is now releasing some new 105-millimeter tail blades to match those 700-millimeter fly barless blades that they put out. A little bit, actually, the profile is a lot different. Um, they they rounded the tip on them a little bit more, probably quiet them down a little bit. They look like a good tail blade. I don't see anything that really throws me for a big, huge loop. I love the paint job, not just on the tail blades, but on their new blades. Yeah, I mean, they, are they kicked really it up sharp. a notch. It's it's pretty sharp looking. It is sharp. It's really sharp. I agree. They are good looking blades. Uh, OS released kind of a a whole little overview video and a full list of specs for the GT15 gasser or GT15HZ gasser engine. Uh, This would be the one that, for those of you who don't know, is uh, very much so resembles a 90-size nitro motor and is a drop-in, like in a T-Rex 700 nitro, in the Thunder Tigers, any of those 90-size helis. Um, so there's a full list of specs up here if you were curious about weight. Power's still a little wanting, but I think for what it is, you know, it'll get you into a gasser, inexpensive, you know, no airframe swapping, that sort of a deal. Uh, for flight times, if you're looking for long flight times, man, it's the tific- ticket. Sport fly, you're rocking it. Yep. 
Um, definitely. So check that out if you were considering getting one of those. And and this is my this isn't really big news of the week, but this was my big smile of the week for the hobby. Uh, Mikado put out a video. Uh, it's called Mikado Winter Weekend by Michael Wish <laughs> Wispotcher. Nice. I think so. Um, it's a. Uh, you know, obviously, they're still over there in the snow and all that nastiness. It's a Logo 700. What a great job they did on the editing. I mean, they're down playing in the snow, blowing snow up. They had some... They just set the camera there, and the guy was flying around the camera. It is a really, really neat and different video. Uh, I, I I love any sort of video that's not just, you know, Joe Schmo standing there filming someone do their normal flight routine. They get really creative on this one. So I uh, I give them two thumbs up for their creativity. And that that's all I got. That's it for news, huh? Justin, you got any news? I have no news, man. I don't either, man. Hmm. I guess that's the way it goes, huh? Yeah, I don't really... I have been seeing a lot of pictures out about those new... What are they, Justin? X8s? Is that what they're called? Oh MKS yeah, the servos? MKS, the X eight X8 series of servos, the HBL eight fifties and eight eighties. Yeah. They There's... are nice looking, man. Oh Beefy my God, servo dude, I... arms. I those mean... are not servo arms. Those are like those are half inch breaker bars. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. No joke. They are beefy as hell. Just very, very solid looking servo. And a lot of people have been asking me this question, just to clarify, those servos fit in a standard servo uh case that's not the even though they're designed for the larger 750 and 800 size helis that's that's from a torque standpoint they still fit i mean they are a standard servo footprint most i'm not yeah i wouldn't say they'll fit all because i i let's see i read a post somewhere i want to say it was in a ah dang man don't quote me it might have been like in a TSA or something, mm-hmm. or no? Maybe it was in an alias. That was it. That and someone, they were having issues with fit. I think they got it to fit. It took a little bit of modification. I mean, the case. There's a lot of cooling on those cases. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so I'm sure they might be. You know, maybe they're just a little bit deeper. You know, or something like that. But they're still designed generally, like Justin said, around a standard size servo. Yep. Yeah, I but, can't wait to to give them a try. They are. Uh, they're, I mean, just the look of them is great. Oh, red anodized, full aluminum, heat sink on the sides. I mean, they they took it to the next level. That's for sure. I would agree. <laughs> All righty, guys. This week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. So, Dan, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of Nick making fun of me carrying my charging stuff around in a cardboard box. I'm looking for something to, you know, kick it up a notch. You got any suggestions for me? Absolutely, dude. Head over to ProgressiveRC.com, man. They got all kinds of charging accessories there. They got cases. They've got chargers. They've got leads. Anything you could possibly want. And best of all, dude, you can toss that cardboard box aside. Remember, guys, that's ProgressiveRC.com. They got what you need. I was sitting here talking with Jesse 
uh, the other day we were going over the, <laughs> the the slightly large parts list that he needed to order after I uh, redecorated the 700 <laughs> before, <laughs> before I gave it to him. And it, you know, it, it made me think like how many upgrades are on that thing. And I, I, I don't know, it just kind of made me reminisce. We took a little trip like back down memory lane and then it made me think about my T-Rex 600 that I had. And oh, I mean, you want to talk about an upgraded heli. I had every different weird upgrade doodad for that thing, you know, and that was back in the day when it was like, I only had one heli. Probably had five grand into that one <laughs> heli. <laughs> and then now, you know, these days it's more like I would rather have five helicopters and have them all stock. Yeah. But yep, it kind of, it just, it made me think like, well, at what point, does an upgrade, you know, are we really convincing ourselves that we need this stuff? Or or are some of them actually really, like, needed? And do they provide function? Right. So, I don't know. I mean, have you, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one that went through this. Here, Here's my theory on this one, Nick. I think a vast majority of the upgrades out there are made for people like you and I who wake up one morning, realize that we're bored with what we've got sitting on the bench and need a little bit extra spice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, how many times have you called me up or vice versa saying, you know what? I know I told you I would never thought I would say this before, but I'm, I'm going to buy one of these things, dude. And I don't yeah. care. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I have no rhyme or reason. I just want some bling. Yep. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Fun flies. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I must walk around with a big sign on my forehead that says, sucker. <laughs> yeah, how many times do we go through all of the vendor temp tents and, and, you know, by like the third time we've seen everything yep. and we still go back a fourth, a fifth, a sixth time because we know that eventually we will be in the appropriate mental state to justify <laughs> an impulse buy. Yep. So that begs the question. I mean, we're talking about heli upgrades and stuff like that and and the blingage blingage the blingage we love the blingage everybody loves the blingage every time i come around your heli bling bling <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> don't ask i have a question for both of you and then i'll answer with what i think or what i uh, with my answer after you guys kind of tell us mhm i want you to go through you think back to any helicopter you've owned and mm -hmm. all of the blingage that you've bought, all the upgrades that you've tried, there has to be one or two or maybe three items that served its form and its function. I mean, it made the heli look in your mind better, but on top of that, kind of the gravy on the sandwich, if you will, it actually helped the heli perform better. And, and and on top of that, after you go through those, what do you think? I mean, how many of those upgrades out there actually help the helicopter fly better? So, Nick, tell us, can you think of the top two, let's say, upgrades you've bought in the past that just absolutely filled the bill? Yes, I, I can. And you know why? Because I actually got a little bit smarter as I got older. 
and I tailored my upgrades more towards performance. Because uh, the downfall when you crash some of these upgrades is, oh, my Lord. Yes. <laughs> you got to replace it. You think you had, you know, it, it took you two months to muster up the nuts to buy that $65 part the first time. <laughs> now it really sucks when you have to because you just bent it. Yep. Um. So for me, probably the best upgrade that I bought uh, was the GeForce clutch adjustable motor mount clutch stack for the 700 nitro oh man you stole mine <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that thing was like not only was it exceptional quality um and, and I'll, I'll i'm actually going to add in the the helical because i i did that and the align helical pinion and main gear at the same time that little batch right there i would do that over again in a second you ditch ditch the bearings go with some real high quality bearings in there and oh man it just made the world of a difference the heli i know it sounds weird to say that my nitro was so quiet but it really did just make that much of a difference and and, i mean you're only gonna buy it once and i just feel that it was worth every single every single cent Hmm. probably my favorite bling one like for that just looks so freaking sexy um doesn't add a lot of function i mean it does but it doesn't add a ton would be the lynx elevator mount elevator servo mount yeah for the for the t-rex 700 that is cool looking it it is such a awesome creation of i mean it's all cnc'd but it just looks like this kind of twisted support and you just look at the front of it, and it's like, woo, damn. Kind of looks like a piece yeah. of art. It is. Oh, it yeah. really is. And it's cool. When you got the canopy off, you can spot that thing a mile away. It does stiffen up the frame, which, I mean, for the record, even before I started running those, I've always added in a frame spacer by that elevator servo. Like, I, I mean, I've done that anyway uh, because I felt that it wasn't uh, as stiff as it should be right there. So they kind of killed two burns with one stone. So I would say that those are probably my, oh, but dude, man. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the memories are rolling in. It is. Okay. Uh, this one's way up on the list. And, oh, boy, I'm just not sure if it beat. Yeah. Okay. So function-wise, the KDE SXT head. Oh yeah, that last one that we did the review on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Huh. Th- that's that was it. Yeah, I mean that is an exceptional product, and I I feel like I I kept benefiting from that every flight because it it took like the best of all worlds. You know, lowered head height, not quite as low as the DFC, so you get out of the boom striking range, but it does lower it over the V two. Uh, burly, strong, I mean, looks incredible, uh, so that, and it flew, awesome. I mean, it actually made a difference in the way the heli flew, so I guess, you know, if you were to actually write all that down, that's uh, that's a win across the board. Okay, so I, I have one last thing, and I think this is about the best way to to really, this is, this is like the epic of all epic upgrades. And I did use that word because I'm torn on what I think about 
right. So I got an email. Thanks, uh, thanks, Chris, by the way, for this email. A- and he turned me on to this. Okay. I-, I don't even know. This is so so far out there and weird that I can't really even kind of put it into words. So bear with me as I struggle. There's a guy somewhere in the far east. Uh, we're thinking that it's Thailand, but we're not sure. He makes these insane custom canopy and boom sets for the Goblin. Uh, and I think he's do, he does them for the Warp, uh, the 7HV, and the 6HV. On YouTube, um, you can find it if you, if you search like mc.tgn. And so the, <laughs> these canopy and boom sets are incredible. Uh, you guys might have seen these floating around. They, they got like this crazy stormtrooper look to them. They're white and black. Beautiful. I mean, they've got their own custom holes, like actual holes in them. Uh, the artwork on them is incredible. Probably the coolest single canopies that I have ever seen. But there's this whole weird, like, kind of like rumor deer rumor floating around with it that he only makes like nine of them and then destroys the mold. <laughs> and you you have to meet his seven-step criteria before you're considered deserving. Are you serious? <laughs> Dude, I swear <laughs> to God. It's freaking crazy. It is so cool. And, and like he ties his whole, his whole principles of like Buddhism and you need to understand these principles before you're allowed to purchase. <laughs> Dude. That is great. It's freaking hilarious. It's like the most custom of all custom blingage of all time. And I think that actually Seth Killian ended up with one of these. I was going to say, do we know anyone that has one of these canopies? Yeah. No, I, I think I think that Seth has one because I, I swear I've seen it. And they've got like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what language it is, but they've got like crazy writing on the front of them. And uh, there is, I'll put a link up in the show notes, but there's a YouTube video that you can watch where this guy explains everything to do with these canopies. But it's like, it's like freaking 22 minutes long. (laughs) And he goes over every aspect of how it's made and you know what you really need to feel when you, when you become one of these. And (laughs) I mean, it's wow, uh, nice. It's taken it to that. To that bling extreme. I decided to throw that in there because, I, I mean, members we're going to talk about club. bling. Yeah, members, members only, only club. club. Yeah, exactly. This is the, the most extreme of blingage that I've seen. Yeah, so that's my list. I'll quit or else I could keep, keep going. going. <laughs> yeah. So, Justin, what are yours, man? Okay, so here's the thing with mine. This one's going to seem funny, but it it's bling and it's functional. And it's the Lynx Buttonhead Titanium Screws. You know oh, what ones I'm talking about? Absolutely. For the 700? Yes. You know, the, the whole deal with a line coming out with those crappy shallow hex screws mm-hmm. for the frame, and you'd strip them and have to go and dremel a slot in them. Mm-hmm. So um, I went with these things, and at the time, there was this theory going around that you didn't actually need to Loctite them. And this was on my, well, it was first on my 700 Nitro, 
And then I ended up using them on all my Align helis. Uh, and, and sure enough, yeah, I never had one come loose. Never had a problem with it whatsoever. They are awesome. They're, they're yep. super burly. You cannot strip out the little hex hole there. Uh, it's impossible. You'll damage the gear or the tool, the hex driver, before you damage the screws. And they look great. So that, you know, that one is probably the biggest from a function standpoint. From a bling standpoint, I, on my 700 electric, before I got rid of it, I had uh, the KDE servo mounts. So the tail servo mount, the elevator servo mount, um, and then also the motor mount. And I mean, dude, anything, if you guys have not, if you guys have not, had a piece of kde hardware in your hand you you don't know what you're missing i mean patrick does an amazing job not only is the thing this is you know this is where it comes down to like functional bling not only does the thing look amazing it's machined beautifully the finish is spot on but it's actually designed for a purpose I mean, he doesn't just bang the designs together. He's a mechanical engineer himself, and so he's got the background, and he thinks through all of this stuff, optimizes the designs, and it, it really does show. Is that it, dude? Well, that's it well, on the two, the top two, but can I get into the ones oh, yeah, that I dude. don't like? Absolutely. Uh, wait, no. Don't tell us about the ones you don't like. Okay, we're going right. to go through that next. I'll, I'll do a plus one for that for the electric motor mount. The KDE electric motor mount. Sweet. Definitely. Yeah. Um, oh, also one of my favorites, and this this goes way back when I was really, really into keeping my helis as light as possible. Uh, Lynx has their, for the T-Rex series, I, I think all of them, their, uh, the boom support clamp for the boom. Mm-hmm. They're oh, super yeah, lightweight. Dude. They are like really, really, really lightweight. And what people don't realize, I mean, so let's say you weigh one out and it's like the factory one, you know, it's got the horizontal fin and then it's the big mount for the fin and everything. These little ones are like six, seven grams, okay? Versus, let's say, 15 for the other one. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking, well, that's dumb. Nine grams difference, who cares? Well, but if you actually do the math on it, Nine grams when you're way out that far away from the main shaft. Because remember, everything's all about maintaining the correct CG in the heli. Right. Um, so if you go way out there, nine grams, if you take half of that distance, it's you can take then like 18 grams off the front and everything balances out. And it, it was part of a process that I was going through where it's like I'm going to start trying to lighten stuff up. And what I'm getting at is that very little differences out at the tail can can allow you to remove quite a bit out on the nose because it's just not that far away from the main shaft and still keep stuff CG'd. Uh, so I was putting those on all of mine, and I just I really liked them. They were, uh, you know, really nice, and they, they look so much cleaner. I've never been a a horizontal fin fan. Yeah, it, it's it's a really nice upgrade. It's definitely worth it. The you know the now that I'm thinking about it, there's another one uh, for me, and it's the it's <laughs> it's the G-force um, battery extender rails on the version one T-Rex 700 electric. 
This was oh, dude, before that's they way came way back. Oh yeah, it, it, yeah, it's way back. I'm just hey, we didn't talk about time time uh, <laughs> issues here, right? Wow. So um, it was before a line came out with the whole like locking battery tray with the button and the extended plastic rails, and it was really difficult to get the thing CG'd correctly with the old shorter rails. So not only did it add a little bit of bling because GeForce, you know, like Lynx and KDE have, you know, they have really nice designs, nice clean machining, but it also allowed you to bring the the battery tray up towards the nose to get it CG'd out correctly. That's a flashback. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, let me give you. I can go further, man. Uh, well, really, okay. the best one is the fly barless head on my 600 Nitro. The yeah. thing that started it all. <laughs> <laughs> that actually man listening to your guys this has actually reminded me of some that i hadn't even really considered but i once you get going it's weird it is yeah you it realize is. all the money you pissed away first of all i'm not much of a bling guy i mean i actually um i used to be into rc cars a long long time ago and i was into that pretty happily i went through that phase i think with the cars and as you guys if you've done the cars before you know you buy a Traxxas. And the next thing you know, you're polishing it up with all kinds of cool aluminum things. And here's what I found. And um, uh, not to talk about cars, but this is kind of why I don't really do a lot of blame unless it really kind of serves a purpose. But I had a buddy I was running with all the time. And he ended up putting $4,000 into a T-Max. Uh, in what? A, in a conversion. A titanium... Whoa. A titanium conversion. It turned it into what was called a Monster Max at the time. And those of you who are into cars might remember this. It was just an immaculate, I mean, up every every single part, nothing was stock. All titanium, the differentials, uh, the drive lines, I mean, everything. And it was beautiful, but here's the deal. It looked great. It was fast. But here's the problem with the cars, and, and, and it happens with helis too. Plastic doesn't doesn't have a memory. Aluminum, when it bends, it stays bent. Yep. Plastic comes back to its original shape, and I found that the stock truck was just unbeatable and, and indestructible. Where my buddy spent $4,000 on his conversion, he was constantly having issues, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moving into the helicopters, I kind of had already been through that whole upgrade phase. And so it didn't really, I didn't really buy into it a lot. But that being said, my most absolute favorite upgrade, I actually don't have on my 700s because I haven't, I haven't needed to do it yet. Uh, but for the 600, those KDE thrusted main bearings. Oh I, yeah. The, the bearing blocks. Yes. I got so much crap from some friends when I bought those. But I went from changing those main bearings out quite often to never changing those main bearings out. And they looked a lot better. So they were very, they looked good and they actually worked. And I loved them. Haven't done it with the 700 yet because uh, when I got the 700, I had many, I've had to change the bearings, but I have many sets of bearings. So when I run out of those, I'll probably upgrade. Yeah. Um, the next one that I actually, and this is all in the 600, uh, the next one that I bought that actually really did a good job, again, KDE 
the tail upgrade. It really helped that 600. Which one? Oh, the over-under tail slider? Um, I didn't realize there was more than one. I just thought there was the... Well, they had like... They were um, the the grip arms, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was the first... Yeah, I would imagine it was because this was a long time ago. Yeah, the first... You know he's talking about, Justin? The little tail blade grip yep. arms that go from there to the pitch slider. The ones that have, like, the dual ball bearings Yeah, and they them. took yeah. all that crappy yeah, yeah, slop yeah. out of, the, out of yep. that. Yeah, those were... Actually, that's a good point. That I'll add that to my list, too, because I had those on all my 700s. Yep, so did I. Uh, yep. Haven't... With the new version 2 tail on my 700, I haven't really had any issues with that, so I've not needed to upgrade that. Justin brought up an excellent point, and I can't believe I didn't think about this, but those link screws, all of my helicopters, all my line helicopters have those. Yep. And they are fantastic. I remember the first time I tried to take apart my stock 700, I had to Dremel out three or four screws. Apparently, Align saw this problem. I don't know if you guys realize this, but there's two versions of those Align screws. Yep. Yeah, they... Freaking fixing didn't tell you. Yeah. Sneaky bastard. So I, the the heli that I put together had the first version, and then the helicopter that I got used, I had already bought the the upgraded screws. But I, when I went to take them apart, I'm like, wait a minute, these are these are different. So, but I switched them out, and they do. They add a unique look to the helicopter with the silver versus the black screws. I liked them. Very functional, and they they do look better. And then from, I don't know, I don't, these are actually probably, uh, Nick, you might be able, I, I didn't even buy these. Nick gave these to me. Those Lynx tail rod guides. Oh, those are worthless. <laughs> but they oh, look so I good. had those, but they look awesome. They do dude. look awesome. And let me tell you why I love them so much on my 700. I've got two 700s, as we all know, Cool Power 700s. I've got one named Black, and I've got one named Silver. So all of the components on silver are silver and all of the components on black are black. The swash, you know, the tail rod guides, mm-hmm. everything. So just from a, you know, that's kind of why I, that's why I haven't put them on both helis. And I don't even know if you can get those anymore. Uh, but I, I, they're probably heavier. They are. <laughs> um, they're probably not, they probably don't serve the, the function but they really look nice. In fact, the guys at the field, every time they see that, they're like, where do I get those? Those look really nice. <laughs> so the, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not, I got to be honest with you guys. I, I'm not a, I don't get too wrapped up in the blingage aspect uh, of upgrades. I know it's easy to get into that. Let me give you an example. One of the guys I fly with, Fred, he bought an MCPX. I'll bet you he put $500 into that thing. Him and oh, half man. of that. Probably him and half of the MCPX. Owner. He had a little, car- I mean- little carbon fiber frame, little little blinged out, you know, aluminum swash. And, and I mean, it looked fantastic, but it kind of defeated the purpose of having an MCPX. Now it crashes and it breaks and it bends as opposed to it crashes and you pick it up and fly it again yeah i so i don't really get into the whole blingage thing i know it's easy to do and i'm not against it and i certainly don't hold anybody you know i'm like i get it i understand it completely i get it 
you got your heli out there on the bench and it just all the shiny, <laughs> shiny, shiny. It's awesome. I try to stay away from that stuff though. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Sounds good to me. I think it makes sense. Along with having all these upgrades, guys, there has to have been an upgrade that you bought and we're just like, why did I buy this? And you just, it ended up on a bench. I have a feeling I already know one of Nick's because it ended up on my table at a fun fly. And now those, <laughs> those links, tail rod guides are now mine. But um, tell us, tell me, Nick, what which ones? Uh, I'll go, I'll just do a little list of the ones that I would not do again and that were complete wastes of money. Th- those would probably be one of them because they were heavier and they, all they did was look cool. That was it. Yep. Completely worthless. They actually rattled and made more noise than the stock ones did. Um, let's see. Oh, dude, I got in a bad. And, and <laughs> here's it's bad when you've uh, the one one of the ones that makes your worst upgrade list. You've bought in twice. <laughs> Glutton for punishment. <laughs> I don't even know who made this. It came in a like a plain box, but. Experience RC used to sell this carb on all carbon fiber electronics tray for oh. the T Rex seven hundred nitro. <laughs> yeah, and I bought one for each two seven hundred nitros in a row. I bought them because the theory was really cool. I mean, they were really light. They were actually significantly lighter than the plastic one. Dude, I remember was, this. You were hot on this upgrade. Oh, they, you were. I mean, you would just go off about. Oh man, I am gonna. I'm. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna drop like twelve grams per heli, and I can yeah. re CG everything. <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude. It looks kind of complicated, and if you crash, it's it's gonna die quick. So that's kind of the kicker. I mean, these things were awesome. They were really expensive, like fifty bucks, you know, a piece. Were they that um, much? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, they looked sexy. Oh, they looked so nice on there. I mean, it just made everything all carbon fiber. They were, they were really light. Uh, it really didn't matter about the weight because even <laughs> what I never told anyone else was that even though I dropped like, you know, let's say 25 grams or something off the nose, I had to just buy a bigger receiver pack <laughs> because I couldn't get the corresponding weight off the tail. Pointless. Yeah, completely pointless. The carbon fiber was sharp. Uh, you had to sand every last little bit. And while I never got to experience it, I know for a fact that it would have made it crash like a logo if you hit it on the nose. I mean, it just would have exploded and destroyed all of my electronics. Ugh. So I will mark that down as uh, strictly bling for visual and even sacrificed function in the end. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. I think another one that I got bid on uh, early on was uh, like color matching stuff. Yeah. So so I would get like, you know, you, you'd have your heli and it, it – 
good God, it might look the same for like three weeks. So (laughs) it's time to go buy a new run of stuff for it. And I'd get like a new canopy. And then I'd get like the matching Fusuno tail fin for it. (laughs) And then I would go and get like the the quick UK links that were that color, (laughs) you know, and just kept buying all this crap. And then, and then you walk out there and it's like, Oh, this is so awesome. And then you set it down and the thing is so bright and so obnoxious. You can see it the full length of the flight line away, but it all just blended together in the air. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just looked like one big orange blob flying around. It's like, oh, well, crap, that was worthless. Yeah. And then you end up with this carnival set of skids, you know, because when you crash, guess what? If you have orange everything else, now you have to go buy those same orange skids. Yeah. Because, yep. Right? So you commit yourself, and then you're like, well, this is just stupid. So I- I've done that yeah, more times than I want to admit. Yeah. How about you, Justin? All right, we're going to go back to to one of my favorite suppliers here. Links. Love you guys. Really creative. Uh but I have two of my of my least favorite upgrades <laughs> on your product list. <laughs> Best and worst. Yeah, so okay, and now here's the disclaimer. At least on one of these I understand that they have they have fixed the issue. But back when they first came out with the Lynx clutch for the T-Rex 700 Nitro, dude, this thing looked sexy. It was, and now, and you're thinking to yourself, why do I care what the freaking clutch looks like? I never see it again once I install it. Nevertheless, I thought it looked awesome. So I picked one of these up, and this was back when I think they had designed it incorrectly and uh, they were we were actually like breaking the clutch. The clutch arms were splitting open, and I mm-hmm. blew like two or three of these. And and dummy, I went back and bought another one and Kept another coming one. Coming back for more. Kept coming back for more <laughs> because man, it looked sexy. That's all that counted. So yeah, that one that one drove me freaking crazy. Um, the other one is the M O A S fuel tank clunk the mother of all suckers i think is what it stands for i could come up with a couple of other creative names for it (laughs) this thing was supposed to be i mean this was touted as like this is a huge upgrade over the standard like foam fuel magnets it lasts longer um you know you never have to replace it so on and so forth The problem with it was, and again, now maybe they fixed it, but when I was running it on my Nitro, the thing did not hold fuel all that well, like an actual foam clunk. So if it if it tipped out into the air, you'd go lean within like a second or two. And I remember having an issue with this a couple of different times. Uh, And I and like an idiot, I went back to it. It had to have been something else. My fuel tubing had a hole in it or I, I, you know. Put, you know, set the set the fuel system up incorrectly. No, at the end of the day, it was the stupid clunk. Uh, so, yeah, sorry, Lynx. You guys really do great stuff, but those two... I guess not everything can be a winner, can it? No, not everything can be a winner. That's what it Dude, comes I, down to. I've been bit by that one. 
you you've had that the mother of all suckers yep and you had the same you know what actually i think i remember being on a phone call with you where you went through the same thing thinking that you had an air leak yep and you tore the nitro apart like two or three times i'm like dude get rid of that thing no no dude i've got a hole in my fuel tube it's trust me i'll figure it out nope yeah and how could it be how could this thing not supply enough fuel when it's called the mother of all the, suckers? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Here, it, okay, here's another one, Dan. Now that I'm thinking about it, and and it, hey, it's a Lynx again. Um, this one, this one has no problems. It's just I felt stupid buying it for the same reason. They have something called the Lynx Heli Turbo Fan. Have you seen that I thing? Have, yeah. Oh, it is sweet looking. It is again. Uh, being an engineer, I look at this thing and I'm like, wow, they actually put some thought into this. This wasn't just like someone, you know, drinking a case of beer and throwing designs down on the table. This is a really well thought out product. So and it's like a 30 or a $40 aluminum fan. And I got it and I never saw it again because it's stuck in my fan shroud. So that I mean, yeah, seriously, it's like, what are you thinking, dude? <laughs> I didn't know it's, about that. It's just pointless. Well, you know, I've got a couple, and the first one is actually comes from KDE. Now, I, I let me preface this with, I bought these these upgrades at the wrong time in my flying career when I was fairly new and crashing a lot. But when I had my five hundred, I bought pretty much every frame upgrade for the 500 from KDE. And from my perspective at the time, it looked cool. I didn't, you know, I I suppose it adds some rigidity to the frame. I'm sure it does. But here's the problem. And here's why I've decided I I stepped away from doing those kind of upgrades. I crashed and I bent. And then I replaced and then I crashed, and I bent, and I replaced. I think I bought three sets of bottom plates from KDE. Oh, dude, this was back in the day when you were uh, still crashing like regularly. All the time. All the time. Oh. So instead of just saying, screw it, dude, why don't you just spend eight bucks on a bottom plastic bottom plate and be done with it? Oh, no, I need that because it looks cool, right? That's one of them. And it was, you know, if I would have bought them later in life you know like a year later when i wasn't crashing all the time i probably would have appreciated it more but since then i've stayed away from that kind of stuff but i've got one i think and i'm almost willing to bet you guys have never heard of this upgrade and i'm going to give you a link it's called the spider landing gear have you guys heard of that no i don't think i have wait until you see this monstrosity they're in my trailer as we speak so this is something that you bought that i bought that you currently own. That I still have, and it's for the Vibe 50. Uh, I'm sure you can get them for other things. Oh, my God. I just found a picture. <laughs> there's a link. Hold on, hold on. I got to find it. What are they called? The there's spider? the there, Look in Skype. There's a link. Oh, <laughs> you are kidding me. <laughs> I have seen these before, dude. <laughs> So let me t- you were the guy. I was the guy. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Here was my, th- I'm not kidding you. These things weigh at a minimum a pound, if not two pounds. 
Okay. They're cast iron. Oh, my God. They're spring-loaded. Let me explain them. I'll put the link in the show notes so you guys, the listeners, can see them if you've not. This is the most atrocious thing I've ever so seen. So imagine, if you will, two big-ass struts that are hinged on just beyond where they come out from underneath the frame, and there's a spring that runs between the two, and it's kind of it's levered, right? So the struts actually bend up like a suspension, right? And it, it not only, those are heavy. And then it comes with a quarter inch thick bottom plate that replaces the bottom plate, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's cast iron. And dude, when, when, you, when you guys look at this link, seriously, it's like the finish. It is, it's iron. It's like the finish that you see on those really like, like chintzy backyard gates. Yeah. And you it's, know, with like the metal spiky bits on them. Yeah. Absolutely. So let me tell you why I bought these. I thought these were the answer to my prayers back then. Literally at the time, I would go to the field, I would hover for 10 minutes, and I would crash, and I would break landing gear. These things cost like 70 bucks. These landing gear? Yeah. So I'm reading, because I found, I just, I Googled it, and... Dude, this thread came up where this guy like did this little miniature review on these, and then he actually drove them in. He drove it in, and and you want to talk about actually feeling? I can read this and I can feel his justification, like because these things <laughs> they got bent to shit in this crash. I mean, they look nothing like they did when they started. And his comment is, the spider gear took the brunt of the blow and sucked it up nicely. I mean, that thing hit the ground hard at about a 40-degree angle. And aside from the gear, it's a main shaft spindle and possibly a toasted pack. This is on a 500, right? But if you think about it, I mean, he bent these things beyond fixing. And you're telling me they're like 70 bucks. So he's like, oh, well, no, it did great because it, I mean, it's only the gear. Yeah. Oh, man. I bought this hook, line, and sinker because I was crashing literally every day and I was replacing, I had a torque tube heli. I was replacing those gears. I was sick and tired. I was like a, I was like a NASCAR pit crew at replacing the, the uh, tail gears. I mean, I had it down to a science. I could do it. Go, you know? Uh, but it was it was happening so often. I was buying gear sets ten at a time, landing struts ten at a time. And I saw this, and I thought to myself, "It's like the light and the heavens opened up." This is the answer to yeah, my prayers. This is it? Yeah. I never used them. I never once used them. Um, Why? I bought them, and I saw them, and I felt them, and I thought to myself. I might as well put training gear on my helicopter. That was my thought process. Okay, hold on. You still have these, right? I still have them in the in the container they came in. Dude, we are installing that shit on one of your 700 nitros at our fun fly. I think we'd have to put it on the Vibe 50. We could do that, though. Oh, we, 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 we can rig it up to the 700. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then can we slam it into the ground? Here's what we ought to do. See how they do. We ought to get, we, you know what? We just found the prize for the Target Peg Award. 
Oh, oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's dude. just mean, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that is so mean. They're incredible. They're, they're they're a monstrosity. They're ugly. They look like shit. They're heavy, and I'm not even kidding you guys. I never weighed them, but they've got to be at least a pound, if not two, like I said. Quite Man. possibly the absolute worst upgrade in the history of heli upgrades. Would you I, not agree? I think you've definitely got me. I mean, I can't think of anything that sucked that bad. You know what, though, dude? We just saw a picture the other day. And and I get to bag on this because we all laughed about it, including the people that actually made it. What Did is it? Did you know those, uh, <laughs> the... The carbon fiber skids. Oh, <laughs> for the Stratus. For the Stratus. Oh, yeah, that's true. Apparently, miniature aircraft had a carbon fiber skid kit for the Stratus that like three people knew about because it cost a hundred dollars. One hundred dollars. <laughs> and it was like, I mean, it was like a 22 piece conversion kit. <laughs> I mean, well, you need to set aside like an afternoon. <laughs> yeah. You know, another one that I just thought of, and, and I'll, it, it's the one thing that he has made that I kind of laughed and chuckled at because I know that it was more out of bling. And, and as much as we love Patrick and he, uh, KDE and he just makes exceptional stuff, I don't think people really realized how bad of an idea those aluminum electronics trays were yeah yeah yep heavier yeah and aluminum transfers vibration right a lot worse than plastic does so guess where your fly barless systems mounted yeah so now here you're gonna pay more for something that's heavier and transfers more vibration yeah it it looked really good but yeah, you're oh, right. Oh, and I think I mean, like everyone had one on there. Yeah, I may. But. You know what? I may have actually owned one. <laughs> I the can't engineer remember. was like, "Ooh, look at that, <laughs> shiny, shiny, <laughs> shiny." <laughs> oh no, I don't know, man. There's, we all get caught in in the upgrade trap at some point. It's unavoidable. Oh, dude, I'll be the first person to admit. Sometimes I just consider getting a model so that I can bling it. Yeah, you know. And that's probably, uh, in my opinion, that's the best part about Align Helicopters. Is the upgrades that are available. Yep. Yep. And it's, you know, people like, oh, you have to upgrade. Much anymore, you don't have to. No, you really don't. Back during some of the older models, they, they really did need some help. But it's not so much that you have to anymore. It's that feeling. You know, you, you've been flying your heli for a couple months. The the newness is wore off of it. You know, that's when those, uh, you know, we're guys. The eyes start wandering. Mm-hmm. It's like, ooh, look at that other heli or look at this other heli. Well, maybe that's not in your, you know, financially in your deck of cards. So buying that one, you know, $30, $40, 50 part to put on there really can give it a, a, a new feeling. Yeah. You know, a sense of, ooh. Hey, it's like a whole new helicopter. I like it all over again. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes that's all it takes. And that's the beauty of what, you know, this hobby, it's a hobby. And, and, uh, 
there's there's no reason to not do it. I mean, if you want to do it, do it. You know, uh, it's like those. You won't see Nick flying those Lynx uh, tail rods guides. I love them for no, I, and I know that they probably don't serve a purpose. And do you still heavier. fly them? I do. Yeah. See, there you go. Um, well, I, and you know that gets back to the question that you asked when we started this conversation, which is, you know, what, how far along in the hobby do you need to be to to justify these upgrades? And I think the answer is get whatever you want to get. You don't have to. You don't have to be able to do pyro flips before you buy a an upgrade. If you want it, get it. If that's what makes the hobby for you, get it. Absolutely. And, and, but I will give you one bit of caution. If you're at that stage where you're crashing a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's not an issue and you, you don't, you know, you, you're financially, you're at the point where it doesn't matter to you. Upgrades are going to cost you, uh, not only initially, but they're going to cost you when you crash, uh, aside from the stock prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a consideration to consider. That's something to consider. And that's all, that's all it is. It does not mean that you shouldn't do it. Um, no, I think that's the worst part. And that's, I think the part that most people don't think about. We've been talking about these upgrades. Now, in your guys's opinion, I, I know we've, we've talked about the ones we like and how they've, how you feel that they've improved or in some cases like the spider gear, <laughs> Absolutely, we're a monstrosity. <laughs> but realistically, in your guys' experience, do you find that, generally speaking, there, there's a there's like a core group of upgrades. I mean, you, everybody knows of the up of the most popular upgrades. I mean, they're stuff like the bearing blocks and and stuff like this. Do you guys find that the, these things really are a performance enhancing product for the most part, or you know what I mean? Is that is it that- really depends on the product? I mean, I, I think it it's across the board. Um, it's different for everything. Some yeah. of it mm-hmm. really is just bling. Some of it is blingy and is supposed to be an upgrade and isn't. And then some of it truly is, uh, you know, it, it meets the design intent. Like a lot of Patrick stuff, like you mentioned one of your favorites, Dan, were the the dual bearing pitch slider arms. Yeah. Those were huge. I mean, those made a enormous difference in the performance of the tail. Mm-hmm. So that one's worth it, right? Uh, but there, then again, you go with Nick's favorite, the Lynx tail slider uh, guides. <laughs> they look great. They probably were supposed to be good, but they weren't. So it just depends. And two, there's also those upgrades, guys, that really... You know, there's there's parts that you can count on breaking when you crash. Mm-hmm. And there's parts that generally always wear out, even if you do a lot of crashing. Those kind of upgrades, right from the beginning, probably are, wouldn't be a bad thing to do if that's where you were so inclined to do it. Because, let's face it, the Lynx tail rod guides, although, you know, we've kind of talked about the pros and cons of those, those are pretty much going to survive any crash you do, for yeah. the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you wouldn't have to buy those. And you know what I just thought of, Dan? I think a lot of it depends on the individual too. Like, okay, so let's say in your case, you know, where you're putting a lot of flights on. I mean, a lot of flights. 
and, and especially on a nitro where you've got more junk and, and dirt and all that, I would say that like the thrusted main bearing blocks, that would be very beneficial to you because it's just going to flat out, uh, you have more of a chance of wearing stuff out yes. that, than you do crashing and breaking That's a it. good point. Yeah, because you but fly like, so much. Yeah, so, and, and like maybe upgrading to like the Quick UK links for you would be better. Because, I mean, dude, you're going to relink as, well, as we saw, <laughs> you should <laughs> yeah. relink your helis probably... And let's be realistic. That's probably the biggest downfall of a line is their lengths. You could actually do yours probably three times a season, yeah. if not more. Yeah. So those would be very, very beneficial. You know, maybe for someone who's learning and who's just driving their heli in, you know, the the thrusted bearings might not be the greatest because you potentially have, I mean, if you're just driving it into the ground, you're going to be replacing more bearings yeah. every time. So if you're going to crack, you're not going to wear them out first, so don't worry about it. You know, or like the uh, the tail. So KD has that, and a line has that, you know, the over-under tail slider. That one, like, okay, that's a really nice unit. I had it on both of mine. Very low wear. It's going to last a long time. Like, you could tell mine was still in really good shape after putting a bunch of flights on it. So, in your case, that's probably great. But, dang, man, it's all, it's expensive to replace if you're stuffing the tail in the ground all the time. Yeah. You go back to that, you know, single arm down there, way cheaper. Yeah, that is a good point. So, I think that's, you know. Those are that's, absolutely things to consider. Uh, yeah. But don't, you know, don't let... <laughs> don't be discouraged from doing it and 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 here's another thing i i remember and i mentioned it when i talked about those thrusted bearings um i was talking with you guys uh might remember callum he used, used to be on the show a long time ago mm-hmm. and i told him i i got those and he first thing he said to me is why in the hell did you do that and so you know opinions vary i found them to be extremely effective and because i wasn't crashing and they lasted a ton of flights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't let other people's opinions. If you like it, buy it. Yeah, just get it. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? You'll learn yeah. eventually. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah you will. It, it, and if you, yeah, no, yeah. and I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. I mean we we've learned too, right? Absolutely. How, how it, often do you buy bling nowadays? When I first got into the hobby, it was like, what is the next piece? Nowadays, like you said, Nick. Even in the last few years, the heli quality across the board on all brands has come up to this standard where you really don't need to buy many things, if anything at all, depending on what brand and kit it is. No, I I only go for it now if uh, if I have a consistent problem with something. Yeah. Right. You know, like if I have, okay, this broke. Huh, the G-Force okay. bearing block. Exactly. I was going through those things just oh, left very right. purpose built upgrade, and it yep. looks awesome. Yeah, exactly. So that that's what I personally judge it on now. Yeah, or if I feel that like I really like a specific model, like I just love, you know, this model over here, but God, I can't stand that one thing about it. 
then I will look. That's about the only time that I'll look to do like immediately before I try. Mm-hmm. And there might be a, uh, an upgrade that we've talked about that we don't really like that you might like. Don't let that stop you from getting it. Just because we don't like it, you may love it. And you just might like the way it looks. And that that mm-hmm. could be the only, that could be the most important thing. And to be honest with you, that's okay. You guys remember uh, Carrie Shirley? The gas The gasser oh, yeah. guy. Well, you know, he's doing a, a segment with us. Uh, Gas Powered mm-hmm. Thoughts. Yes, he is. So we have another installment of Gas Powered Thoughts for your Sweet. listening Sweet. enjoyment. We're going to go ahead and play that now. This is Carrie Shirley with Gas Powered Thoughts. Hi, guys. This is Carrie Shirley from GasPoweredThoughts.com. Today I want to talk about some current events. There's a lot going on uh, in the world of gas-powered helicopters. In fact, uh, I'm just continually amazed at how much activity there is. You know, a few years ago, there were about four manufacturers. Each one had one gas model, and all but one used the same motor. These things are all over now. There's multiple manufacturers, multiple models, multiple conversions, multiple motor motor types. There's several modifiers for them. Every time I turn around, it's something new. Well, along those lines, there's some current happenings that uh, I want to talk about here. If you look on uh, my, my forum, I'm, I've got a build going on a conversion called a G700. It's made by Helix Heli, which is in Australia. Um, it's designed by TNN Engineering. It's based on a T-Rex 700. It's a graphite conversion. uses the Zenoa RC motor. What's neat is that it's got kind of a different shape and layout. It's a direct control system, which uh, an awful lot of the T-Rex conversions use the standard bell crank system. This is, this is direct from servo to swash plate, uh, and you wind up uh, needing fewer donor parts. So if you're, if you're taking a crashed model, you really won't need that many parts off of it or re- won't need to repair as many to, to build a conversion. I've just got started with it. If you want to check out the manufacturer's site, they are at uh, helixheli.com. You can uh, watch my bill thread on gaspoweredthoughts.com. It usually takes me two or three weeks to get through these things and get them all posted up. I wanted to say thanks to Ten Hua for his support. Uh, he's the guy behind TNN Engineering, and he's the guy that designed the Heli- Helix Heli G- G700. With that, let me move on to uh, my second thing I want to focus on. I posted a video of Bobby Watts doing some demonstration flying with a little project I've been working on. It's a custom-made Fury 55 um, helicopter with a OS Max GT15 HC gas motor in it. I built this as a, as a test platform specifically to demonstrate the motor. You know, 15 cc's is, is, is kind of small for a 700-class motor. It's more in line with what you would find on a 600, so that's really why I put this together. The helicopter wound up being relatively lightweight. It's about 9.5 pounds, cheap to run, uses about a half an ounce of gasoline a minute. So the flight you see on the video spent about uh, 20 cents worth of fuel. Uh, The motor itself, typical OS Max, high quality. You do have to be careful in how you tune it because it uh, runs on gasoline, so the temperatures are higher. 
other than that, it's relatively simple to operate. I think most, uh, most people can figure out how to do it by following the instructions. I think what you're going to see is you're going to see some GT15 ready models or conversions coming down the road. You can put it in quite a few of the 700 class models now. Uh, what I think you'll see new will be some 600 class models made specifically for this. Uh, I want to thank Bobby Watts for taking the time to uh, to fly the model and uh, miniature aircraft, OS Max, Hobbyco, Fataba, and Bob Bice for their help in helping me get this thing put together and, and working. Last thing I want to focus on is something uh, I heard uh, being talked about on, on this station last week. There's a, a video that got posted from Century Helicopters, and it was titled OMG. It wasn't real clear what exactly it was, other than uh, some sort of high-performance gas helicopter. So I was curious, and uh, I sent some emails to the guys at Century trying to find out what, what, what is this. Well, it turns out it's a prototype for a new helicopter they're going to offer, and it, they tell me they're going to call it the OMG Radical 30. We'll see if that's really what they call it, but that's what they said. And it, it's based on their Radical 30 V2 model. Uh, it's got in one of their proprietary HWC 29 3D Extreme motors in it. If you read my review of that model in uh, the last issue of RC Heli Pilot, uh, you'll know it's a really light helicopter. So all they really needed to, to change to make it a smaller helicopter, which is what they did, was to put a shorter tail boom put a 600-class rotor head on it, 640-millimeter rotor blades, and change the gearing to a lower uh, number. It's actually about 6 to 1. Basically, they took a 700-class helicopter and shrunk it down to a 600 size, but left a, a really large 29cc motor in it. So they're, they're trying to run it like an electric with very high head speeds. And if you look at the video, they're... Uh, Garrett Oku's throwing that thing around pretty good, so it looks like uh, looks like it does what they intended to do. They're still testing it, but I think they're going to release it later this year, maybe even by summer. Uh, I'll have some more details on my forum fairly soon, as soon as I know more about it. Uh, there's a lot of other new things going on, and uh, I'll do another segment that's got uh, more about that in it. So until next time, I'm Kerry Shirley. You're listening to Gas Powered Thoughts on rchelination.com. And you know what, Nick? If I puff one more set of lipos, I think I'm going to go insane. Dude, well, you're telling me that you're not running Gen Z's packs? Ever since I started running them, man, I'm getting over 200 cycles on these sets of packs. If you're still puffing them, you need to get up to speed. I think I'm going to go check those out and get myself a set right now. You heard it here, folks. Jensei's Packs, Nick's Mushroom Stamp of Approval. Find them at hobbyparts.com. All right, guys, that was Kerry Shirley. Thanks, dude, for, you know, taking the time. We absolutely appreciate you helping us out with the, with the gasser stuff. And, of course, those of you who aren't familiar with Kerry Shirley, you can find him at gaspoweredthoughts.com. He's he's the go he's the guy. I mean he's when it comes to gassers, he's the man. There's just no question. So I encourage you to go over to gaspoweredthoughts.com, check it out. If you have any gasser questions, very accessible. Loves to talk about gassers. So utilize that resource. 
definitely help you out if you're interested in guessers. Last week, we talked about a group of guys that had an event. And we we had we got some feedback. <laughs> we did, didn't feedback. we? <laughs> feedback. I like that term. <laughs> feedback. Turns out the, the event was a was a little bit different than it was uh, advertised, which is a good thing. And mm-hmm. th- there's one point that I want to relate right off the top, right off the top. You know, we were concerned with the concept of the, of the event. And by no means did we want anything to go wrong. I, I just want to emphasize that. It turns out there were no uh, prizes for beer, apparently. Mm-hmm. And the issue that we had was with the second contest. The jamming people's radio signals and taking over their models. And after yes. some thought, apparently that didn't happen. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. And in turn, the event went great. Guys had good time. From, from what I hear. It, it got it very positive great. press. Yeah. So I say good call, guys. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I know that we got, oh man, I <laughs> read some very colorful you know, these guys just, ah, da, 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 they didn't educate themselves. Hey, man, we were, our complaints were not about the group or were not about any individuals. It was the concept ideas and the repercussions that all the rest of us could have. Yep. They, they turned around. Apparently, someone agreed and it didn't get done. So now we will give credit where credit's due and say, good call. I mean, I, I think that was a great call. Yeah, I'm glad that it, it worked out. I'm glad you guys had fun. I, I wish you the best and hope you to continue to have a lot of fun. Yep. It just comes down to perception as reality, guys. We we all have to remember the way we represent ourselves can be taken differently by different people. And here's a shining example. So, uh, you know, think, yeah, it, think it, it through, you know, before before you... You go out on that limb and post something that may be controversial or taken in the wrong way. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they're flying quads as much as... No, 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 no. I mean, that's got nothing to do with it. It's just the the concept of the event. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I'll, I'll speak for myself here. I've got three or four quads in my shop, and two of them are set up for FPV. Yeah, that was something that really... You're not going to get a complaint from me. I love that stuff. Dude, that that was the only thing that I heard that really got under my skin was, you know, someone fired one right at me and said something about, you know, oh, well, how could you guys talk about something? Maybe you should take some time to educate yourselves. It's like, oh, hey, 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 now, you know, all of us, Justin, Jesse and myself have... AP experience, have FPV experience, have quad experience, multi-rotor experience. We all do, just because we don't talk about it. So don't don't assume that. Yeah, on that, on that, uh, you know, talking about that, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, a listener has proposed a theory. Uh, and, he, and, the, and the title was uh, Multi-Rotor Drone Event Conspiracy Theory. And I don't have this user's name, and I don't want to use the name, uh, his real name. I don't have his uh, our website 
user's name. So actually, it looks like it might be a she. I don't want to use her name. <laughs> Dan and RC Heli Nation. About the drone event discussed in episode 81. The fact that the event is in Virginia, Washington, D.C. area, which is the hub of intelligence, of the hub of the intelligence community, leads me to suspect that this is a false flag operation. If a government agency wants to regulate our hobby, what better way to have an event like this get media exposure, giving the feds the public support to excuse an excuse to step in and save the citizens from the dangerous personal hobby drones? <laughs> I love it. Wow. I, you know, I, you know, it's imagination. I suppose, uh, but you know, take it from what it's worth. <laughs> That's great. Kind of ending this whole fun fly event uh, issue. I did get one email from a lawyer, and it's a very well written email. And all kidding aside, this is kind of a serious look at. You know, kind of a, I guess maybe a, a, a much better stated way of saying what we have been saying from this listener, and um, it comes from a lawyer's uh, last. It's uh, Mr. Kurtz is his name. Dan, I know this is adding grist to the mill, but I was watching the PBS NewsHour and they covered the drone, uh, the drone flying. I woke up the dog, yelling, "Honey, come here! You're not going to believe this." Links to some articles they did are below, and he sent me some links. But I can't find the segment. The full hour should be available online tomorrow, and he kind of goes on to explain a little bit more about that. But here's the meat of what he had to say. He grew up in the D.C. area and worked for years in Homeland Security and did a lot of legislative lobbying work. And his two cents, coming from a person, keep in mind, he's, he's experienced dealing with these people. It's way too early to know where this is going. But those of us in the hobby can can craft some response. I think it's inevitable that there will be comprehensive restrictions. Yet if we sit on our collective butts, it will like it will likely screw us. I also have a concern the heli flyers aren't being adequately represented by the AMA. How active are they on our behalf? I've only been in the hobby for about eight months. And he goes on to tell me what he's got. Five hundred by the way, a goblin five hundred. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how large the AMA is, employees, not members, and if they have federal, state, or local outreach on regulatory issues. And then he asked me if I'm aware of any. He kind of sums it up very succinctly. We're talking about a person that's got years of experience dealing homeland security, legislative lobbying work. This guy made his living dealing with these people, and he sees this coming. Mm -hmm. This isn't just... You know, four guys on a podcast crying wolf. This is real, guys. This is coming from somebody that knows how this stuff goes down. And he's giving us a warning. He's telling us we need to do something or our hobby is going to be severely affected. And that's kind of the the reason that I got like I did with that last topic. Because... This is a real issue. I know it was brought to our attention that these people are not one of our tribe, as we said as the title. Mm-hmm. And that's what scared me more than anything. Because if if they're not part of the hobby, if they consider themselves not RC enthusiasts, that means they don't care what happens to our hobby. Because in their mind, they're not part of what we're doing. But if you pick up a, a model aircraft, guess what? 
you you are now part of this hub. Yep. So yep. I that's dude, you hit it right there on the money, and that's that's what I was so. You know what they don't realize? They can't just say, you know, oh whatever. These aren't these aren't real. These aren't modelers. These are electronics guys. You know, or these are just techie dorks. Dude, you put something in the air, you are. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Instantly. We're all on the same, whether we're on the same, we're on the same team, whether we like it or not. And we're all going to get the same repercussions, whether we like it or not. Yep. This email coming from a guy who deals with these, has dealt with these and is, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a practicing lawyer today. How much clearer can it be? The writing is on the wall. It, it is going to happen. There is going to be some effect to our hobby. So please, I beg you guys, just consider what you're doing before you do. I know it sounds fun, right? If you're into that, if I was into that, how I, I get that. That sounds a lot, like a lot of fun, but there are implications there that are just far-reaching. I'm glad your guys' event went well. I'm, I'm absolutely pleased that there were no incidents. I'm happy you enjoyed it. And thank you for reconsidering the event that we had issue with. Although uh, I'm certainly not suggesting that our issue is why you reconsidered it. We're just happy that you reconsidered it. Yeah, absolutely. Last week I started the show off with a, uh, a nugget, a pearl of wisdom. And I've got another one for you. Oh, <laughs> and this has nothing to do with RC stuff. This is just kind of Dan's weekly pearl. So here we go. Let's say you're married and your newly your your new wife says to you, Honey, we should really look at life insurance. That's that's reasonable. You should expect that. I mean, you know, that's that's a reasonable thing that uh, newly, you know, you get into a new relation, a new marriage, and you know you want to kind of protect your future. Conversely, if you've been married for ten or fifteen years, and all of a sudden your wife says, "Honey, I think we should look into some life insurance," you need to start worrying. <laughs> you got to think that one over a bit. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Just a little little pearl of wisdom, you know. Take it for what it's worth. And on that note, Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Oh, shoot me an email at nick at rchelynation.com, and I'll get back to you. And can I take out a life insurance policy on you? Sure. Sweet. Why not? I am not worth a shit, though, really. Well, we, could, we, <laughs> could, we could change that. $500,000. Hey, no. I could potentially be a target. <laughs> That's a lot of kits. It's <laughs> a lot of nitro, baby. <laughs> and, and with the on the roll we're going, you could probably find a couple people that would pitch in and make me disappear, and you could split it with. Uh, too. Absolutely, Justin. If I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? You could send me an email at justin at rchelynation dot com, and bear with me on me getting back to you because I I'm still waiting through them all. Or you could get me in the chat box or on our forums. And if you guys wanted to get in touch with Jesse, who is uh, currently busy this week handling a school project, you could do that at jesse at rchelynation.com. You can also catch him on our forum. And again, he does the real flight sessions pretty much nightly. And uh, you can hang out with him there and 
have a conversation with them. And I am Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchellynation.com or you can reach me at Dan K. Reed on our forum. Alrighty, guys. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Adios, This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, send us an email using the Contact Us link on the homepage. If you'd like to make a donation, there's a Donate Now button on our homepage as well. Mm-hmm.